Green Mountain Dental Group's only 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver, and they are the best damn dentist office in the metro area. If you go in now and schedule a cleaning x-ray exam, they will hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. They have had our backs for a long time, so we want to make sure we have their backs. Get that dental hygiene right. Go check out Green Mountain Dental Group. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. The code is DNVR20. They'll send some CBD-infused coffee right to your doorstep. It's easy. It's delicious. It's going to help you with a bunch of different stuff. And heck, if you're feeling weird about CBD, you don't really know about that yet, they've got regular coffee too. So make sure you check out Strava Craft Coffee. Use that code DNVR20 to get 20% off your purchase of their delicious CBD-infused coffee. Gentlemen, yesterday we had a chance via teleconference to talk to new Broncos defensive lineman Jarrell Casey, and he sounds like an interesting guy. He does, and if we really want to honor him and and speak to Jarrell himself, we should just change this to the DNVR HGTV podcast. That was awesome. You know, he kept mentioning that he doesn't like sports, which is so interesting to people like us. Um, but finally, I said, okay, well, if you don't like sports, what do you like to do in your free time? And he was just like, oh, man, I love HGTV. Um, House Hunters, Fixer Upper, or as Zach thought it was called, Fix the Rubber. <laughs> Which, I think yeah. I'd be more Shout likely to watch. Rubber Company. <laughs> yeah. I'd be more likely to watch Fix the Rubber than Fixer Upper, I think. <laughs> I think Fix the Rubber is uh, something you find on your computer at uh, late night. I think Fix the Rubber is a show about unexpected pregnancies. <laughs> I, I think you're right. <laughs> but when, when, when I thought it was Fix the Rubber, I, th- I actually imagined... Uh, a baseball mound and and mm-hmm. fixing like the rubber. Oh my god! So fix. Or he said he likes fixer upper mm-hmm. and oh, love it or list it. Yep. Have you watched these two shows? Um, probably. Okay, I'm pretty sure fixer upper is the one with the couple, Chip and someone else. Are they divorced now? Oh, are they? I, one of those couples divorced. <laughs> okay, so that's Aren't they the all one? pretty much a couple oh, doing Chip something. Chip and Joanna. I think that's the one. Okay. They're, they're like the OGs when it comes to that. Now everyone has one of these fixer-upper shows. Yeah. Um, then Love It or... So that's basically they just fix up your house. Love It or List It is the same concept, except at the end of it, you get to decide, do I love the house? Do mm-hmm. I want to keep it? Or do, want, or do I just want to sell it at its new, much better value? Okay. And isn't that pretty much every show on HGTV is the exact same thing, just with a slight different Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, House Hunters is a little different because they just go search for, play, like, you're moving into a new place and you need to find a house. I actually, don't... that's the only one of those I watch, the international version in particular, because I think, uh, oh, it's cool to see the real estate market in, like, Singapore. 
Right. By the way, on a fixer upper, apparently uh, uh, three years ago, they had to make a settlement with the EPA because they used lead paint. Oh, in some of their God. renovations. Oh, oh, oh. They violated the rules for the safe handling of lead paint during home renovations, paid $40,000 in fines. That's it? I know. These people are like multi-multi-millionaires now. <laughs> yeah. 40000 for putting all of the people that they made houses for at risk seems low. As well, they said on The Simpsons, lead paint, delicious but deadly. Oh, my gosh. Well, and with House Hunters, you have House Hunters. You have House Hunters International. Don't you have, like, House Hunters mansions and, and some, something like that? Probably, yep. I love watching it because you see what you can get for, like, $300,000. You're getting a mansion down in Alabama. I know. that That is crazy. Or sometimes it's the other way around. They're like, oh, I'm moving to Dubai. Yep. And they're like, my budget is $2,000 a month. And then it's just like this like tiny like 250 square foot. Here's your room. closet. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> um, HGTV is like option four or five for me. Um, sports, all sports. I'll just give them one spot. No matter what, if it's sports, that's taking spot number I one. I agree. After that, I go Food Network. Mm. Maybe I guess then HGTV would come after that. It doesn't doesn't lock me in quite the same. I and think it's because there's no competition. That yeah, it it it's true. Uh, that's why I would ever have it on is because it's the only TV that I can truly have on in the background. If it's sports, I can't do homework. You know, back I can't do homework when there's sports on. Uh, it, it, if it's a competition thing like Food Network, I can't have that on. Is background? It gets me too much. This is good background. It's weird because I'm the exact opposite with sports. Like mm. if I put a, a tennis match on or a soccer game on or a baseball game on, I can look up, just kind of get a sense of it, and then go back to what I'm doing. Whereas if it's one of these TV, and I understand kind of innately we, the rhythm of, of sporting events. So it's like I have this ability to kind of look up and see exactly what matters from the event and then can go back to what I'm doing. The problem with these shows and movies is that I feel like I have to watch them to know what's going on. And so I can't do them as background noise because they end up taking up too much of my attention because I'm trying to figure out what's happening in this. And a sporting event, I can just kind of lazily listen and occasionally look up and know everything I need to know about it. I have to change my rankings. One sports, yeah. and I'm not counting The Bachelor in here because that's just like a one thing. It's yeah. not a, a genre. Um, two is Food Network. Three would be just something on Netflix. Like if there's nothing on those two things that I'm interested in, I'm probably popping over to Netflix. If I don't find anything on Netflix, then I'll probably turn on each. You guys How? never watch the news, huh? Absolutely not. See, that's like that. That's late night. If if there's not a movie on that I've seen and I can have his background noise, and there's not a sporting event on, I'm on like BBC World News or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right now yeah. news is my one. Yeah. Oh man, news <laughs> is further down the list for me. I Look, do have to ask, how do you make it to HGTV? How can you not find something on Netflix? It's just like sometimes I don't know. I'm not looking to spend a lot of time searching for something on Netflix. Gotcha. So I'll just pop open. It's like when you go to the fridge, you don't know what you want. You right. just open and look in there. You're like, do I want anything in here? <laughs> You're not actually thinking, like, how can I make a meal out of what's in here? You're just right. like, is there something? Uh, That's fair. What am I doing here? That's fair. You so, give it a quick glance yeah, over. Yeah, so I open up the fridge, see what's in there. If nothing immediately catches my attention, I'm just like, screw this. I'll go watch HGV. <laughs> There's another thing that I have to throw in there. It's It can be Netflix. It can be Hulu. It can be on TV. Like, old sitcoms. 
like on Hallmark Channel when they're not doing their Christmas movies that Vic Fangio so loves. Late at night, they do an hour that's in, they do like two hours and there's like an hour of Frasier and there's an hour of Golden Girls. And that's like ideal background noise for me. Mm. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> for me, with the news right now, I'm already quarantined. <laughs> I, you, I don't need to educate myself in terms of like the whatever. I just, I want to, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. If there's something really important, it'll hit Twitter. But I, it's too, I, I have to limit the amount of negativity that I intake, which is why I don't watch the news on a regular basis in the first place. Sometimes, you know, like um, Sunday night football will end and then it'll go to the news and like the first five stories are just like someone died and it's like, oh, man, come on. Actually, usually after Sunday night football, the first stories are like Broncos when the news comes on. That's true. But then that goes away and they're like, but it's, it's just Mike, like 10 it's, straight negative things. But then it's like Mike Kliss involved. I'm like, eh, no. um so anyways we talked to casey he's an interesting dude doesn't like sports um he really emphasized that which i thought was so interesting um he basically tried to lay out the type of player that he is and and he just i thought the number one thing that stood out to me is he really takes pride in his motor yep i was gonna say hustle and heart he just says, like, when I'm out there, I'm giving my 100%. Uh, you'll never see me slow down. I'm relentless. I want to give my all on every single play. And everyone says that at one point or another. But the fact that he emphasized it so much, like, that's his game, was kind of um, made me believe him. Made me think, all right, this is what he, you know, prides himself upon. And if you remember... That was Bradley Chubb's big thing coming out. Everyone talks about his motor. You know, there was the highlight of him chasing down Lamar Jackson from behind. And it was like, this guy never turns off. So the more guys you start putting together on your defense like that, the better. Um, Zach, what else did you take away from him? Well, what he can bring with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. I mean, this guy on his own is great. He's a five-time Pro Bowler. Von Miller is a Hall of Famer. Bradley Chubb is a top five pick. When you put all of that together, what, what, what is this going to be? I mean, Derek Wolf had a great season last year before he got injured, and Von Miller wasn't Von Miller. Bradley Chubb was out. You just upgraded Derek Wolf in terms of talent, and now you hope that Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are both going to be better than last year and healthy and available. Man, you get that interior pass rush. Jarrell said it yesterday. It's going to make my job 100 times easier having those guys on the outside so that the quarterback can't slip out that way. What, what's going to happen when a quarterback can't go outside and a quarterback can't go inside because they're both collapsing? Well, uh, 2015 happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the best. They, they've been searching and searching and searching. They've been searching for this player so long we almost forgot about the search because, you know, Derek and Shelby kind of stepped their games up. But they've been searching for interior pass rush since Malik Jackson left. And he's a different player, I think, Casey. But he loves to just push. Like, he just wants to push. And you got two guys coming from the outside. You, you've got 
Casey trying to push the quarterback back. You've got Vaughn and Chubb trying to push the quarterback forward. If this all works together in concert, you've got something special here. I think this is the best player they've had at that position since Malik Jackson. And based on what we saw at the very end of his run, he's still got a lot of football left in him. Yeah, he was phenomenal in the playoffs against Baltimore, especially. So if you can get a few more games like that, you're going to be pretty happy. I think the key then, you've potentially got what you had up front if Bradley Chubb comes back to full health. Potentially got what you had up front back in 2015, but then it becomes the cover angle of the rushing cover. And that's why I hope the Broncos aren't done at cornerback. That's why I think they need at least one more player. And even then, I don't know that at cornerback they're going to be quite as strong as they were in 20, in, back in 2015, but should be okay in what Vic Fangio was asking the cornerbacks to do in his scheme. Yeah, and I think they're a little bit better at safety. I mean, they had a great uh, safety group then of uh, Darian Stewart and TJ Ward, but I'd probably take Justin and Kareem over those two guys. Um, But it's not going to be 2015. That's too high of a bar to set anyway. But this group right here should be extremely good. I think you're right in the sense that they need to add one more corner, and I'd like to see them add one more piece on the defensive line. But – even as it stands right now, this is strong, very strong. It's very strong. And another area that Jarrell brings is when was the last time the Broncos had a great mentor on the defensive line? I'm not talking to Marcus where he was an outside linebacker, but on the defensive line, and I didn't want to necessarily use the word leadership because Derek brought that in a different way, but mentor. To me, I don't, I don't remember. I don't either. I'm sure Mace can pull someone out, but... A great mentor on the defensive line. When was the last time they had that? On the defensive line? Mm-hmm. Probably when DeMarcus Ware was officially a defensive Out- end in 2014 when he, when they were in a 4-3. Okay, other than DeMarcus. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while. That, yeah. that, that That's kind of the point, and that's the role that I think Jarrell's going to take. He's been praised for his leadership out there in Tennessee. He's a great guy. Two-time Titans Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. He's on another level from Domata Pecco. Right, exactly. And that's something that the Broncos haven't had. And they've tried to bring young guys in. Adam Gotsis, Demarcus Walker. Uh, last year, um, oh my gosh. Draymond Jones. Draymond Jones. But he looks like the best of those three. He does. But it, these guys haven't really had that mentor because Derek Wolf's very much, frankly, just been a guy of get your stuff done because I'm going to get my stuff done. That's not really a mentor, and that's okay. Everyone doesn't need to be a mentor. I think he is truly going to be a mentor and a leader for that group. And something I mentioned in my story that I wrote a couple of days ago, if you're Draymond Jones, what type of player do you want to be? Not just as far as like having someone who's a leader and helps you, but what type of player on the field do you want to be skill set-wise? You want to be Jarrell Casey. Yep. Bingo. I mean, and his strengths line up with Jarrell Casey's strengths in terms of being an interior pass rusher, that being the first thing that you do very well. So he could not have a better veteran in his, in his ears than Jarrell Casey, not just for leadership and growing as a pro, all the things away from the field, but for what he's actually going to do as a pass rusher. And you've now got that type of player at all three levels of the defense. Got Jarrell Casey on the front, 
you've got Todd Davis in the middle, who is an exemplary type of, you know, uh, player. And then you've got Justin Simmons on the back end, uh, you know, straight up the middle there. And I like that thought of, you know, bringing a mentor in because the truth is for the Broncos, probably the best case scenario is Draymond Jones turning out to be a really good player. Demarcus Walker turning into some semblance of a second round pick, Mm -hmm. you know, Clearly, what they've done so far with him hasn't worked. Maybe Jarrell Casey comes in and takes him under his wing and turns him into a really good player. Uh, but this guy, everything I learn about him, he just gets better and better. You know, uh, Wesley Woodyard talking about him makes him sound better to me. Um, hearing him talk and hearing him just talk about his motor, you know, he's strictly football when it comes to this, uh, that was exciting to me. Just every little, every time we turn another corner with this guy, I'm saying, man, if he wasn't 30, this this would have been a much very, a much different package to acquire a player like this. And the Titans, obviously, were in a were in, were cap strapped, and so John Elway was able to walk in there and finesse them on this deal to get a player who, to me. And you can't you can't really predict this stuff, but to me, based on you know how he played at the end of last season, you know uh, we're talking about 18 games into the season, it doesn't look like he is slowing down. It looks like he's you know still in his prime. So this is exciting. In terms of personality, does he seem like the complete opposite of Derek Wolf? Very much so. And that that that's just pretty crazy because. We we know Derek as intense as can be, uh, intimidating, and hey, that worked for him. Jarrell Casey, he's self-described as fun-loving. I mean, he loves to have fun. He's having fun with us, uh, and he says that's the exact same person he is in the football or on the football field. And with his kid, he says he's dunking on his one-year-old son <laughs> when they're playing basketball together. This guy just seems like a blast to be around. Yeah, and uh, it's part of why he's. A team leader, I think, is because he does know how to have fun, but he also knows when to get serious as and well. He's got he's got all the gears that you have to have. He's not happy go lucky when things are going wrong, and he's not uh, and and he's not super serious when it's time to have fun. He just seems to know to have that innate knowledge of you know when to be to when to have a certain mood, basically. And I don't want to act like it's a bad thing to be intense. Every football team needs for lack of a better term, and it keeps leaves words dogs. Mm-hmm. You need dogs, absolutely, positively. But you also need the other guys. You need the guys who bring fun to the locker room. You need the guys who can keep it light after a loss. You need all of these things. Um, and so, to me, the longer this goes on, the higher chance of Derek Wolf coming back is. And I think that that would be great. I love the idea of those two guys uh, playing off of each other and, and being the kind of yin and yang of the defensive line. So love the pickup, love where they're going with this, love the, uh, the way that they've done this free agency. To me, everything is an A right now from the way that, that, that John Elway has attacked this. Yep, I, I completely agree with that. And Mace, do you love the way your Tampa Bay Bucks are going about this with Tom Brady just as much as we love the way the Broncos are trending I see why they did it but I think this is going to end in heartbreak (laughs) because it comes out this morning that Tom Brady gets a two-year 50 million dollar fully guaranteed 
contract from the Tampa Bay Bucks with what, Ryan, you said $9 million of incentives over those two years? Yeah, four mm-hmm. and a half each year. And if the way he played in the second half of the season and in the playoffs is the precursor to him hitting the wall, as we've seen with a lot of old quarterbacks over the years that uh, you have the decline and then you go straight in, into the wall. If that's the case, then the Bucks are going to have a cap anvil around their necks in 2021. So they, they, they are gambling right now that he can find the fountain of youth. Didn't uh, Ponce de Leon go to Florida looking for the fountain of youth? Of course. Yes. <laughs> there you go. There, but he didn't succeed. As of course everyone not. knows. <laughs> so I... The bu- I, I get why the Bucks are doing this. As I've alluded to, they have tried literally everything at quarterback in their tortured history at the position. And, yeah, I know someone mentioned on the comments uh, that came into us yesterday, what about the Bears or other teams? You know what? I care about my hill, my beans, my Bucks. Being a Bucks fan sounds rough, man. You get quite arguably – the greatest quarterback of all time on your squad, and you can't even be excited about it. <laughs> well, because yeah. you're always looking for the banana peel. And look, there are a lot of Bucks fans like myself who are convinced that Jameis Winston is going to go somewhere else and be the quarterback that oh, the Bucks always hoped he could be, just like it happened with Doug Williams, it happened with Steve Young, it happened with Vinny Testaverde, even Trent Dilfer went to Baltimore and was the starting quarterback when they won Super Bowl 35. It's happened so many times that now I just expect it. Also, oddly enough, he put in a no-tag clause at the end of this contract and a no-trade clause, which no-trade clause is a little bit comforting if you're a Tampa fan. The no-tag clause is fascinating to me. That tells me he plans on playing in the year that he turns 46 years old. That is wild. And he wants to be able to say, I, if I don't like it here in Tampa, I can go somewhere else and try it again. One thing, one thing I got to say, though, if he really believes that drinking a lot of water keeps you from getting sunburned, that's about to be tested in the biggest way possible. He's going to be working every day in Florida. <laughs> He's just burnt to a crisp at all times. So, Mace, we know that you don't like Tom and the way he's trending. Do you like 24 touchdowns and eight interceptions if he had that this year? What, you're thinking about this? I mean, this is 22 fewer interceptions than your <laughs> yeah. quarterback you're through last year. You're thinking about I mean, okay. With, I, with I, the I like it, but he, you also are playing for the head coach who says no risk it, no biscuit. Here's, here's what's weird is you sign Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Like, that's the plan. The, the Bucks aren't winning the Super Bowl. That's what's weird about this. Well, for one thing, no team that's ever hosted the Super Bowl in their own stadium has even made it, let alone won it. So they're trying to make hi- they're trying to make history right there. They're trying to make history with a forty three year old quarterback leading the way. Yep, uh. they're they're trying to defy all odds. I think the Bucks could win the Super Bowl with this. I don't. What don't you like about it? About about them? Because because you said you you don't like it so much that your bold prediction is they won't even make the playoffs. And of course, my bold prediction is that they'll make the Super Bowl. I think Brady's washed. Okay, so it's all about him. Yes. What do you think about the the talent that Tampa Bay has just in general? Probably one of the best receiving cores he's ever thrown to. Um, Really good tight end. Um, I don't know much about their offensive line. 
I don't Mace either. Mace can probably fill us in. Good or bad or average? Good spots. I like Ryan Jensen at center. Ali Marpet is an excellent interior lineman. So they're good enough to be good. Put it this way. I think if Tom Brady came behind, came to Denver and was behind the Broncos line before they got Graham Glasgow, I'd be more concerned than I am with him behind the Bucks line. Okay, so it's, I'd like to see I'd like to see a young upgrade at tackle. Okay, and then the the Bucks defense, good, average, bad. Average. Average trending to above average. If you remember watching them in that Saturday game against Houston that everybody saw on national television. Yep. Well, if Jameis Winston and and this is actually <laughs> illustrative of what if you get success out of Tom Brady what you're hoping for. That defense absolutely neutralized the Texans that day. But Jameis Winston and even Ronald Jones, they were putting the ball, you know, putting the ball on the ground, giving it away. And they lost the game because of their own mistakes. What you want to do is limit those mistakes. And I, I, that's why I do see the logic in them pursuing Tom Brady if they let him be Tom Brady. If they try to force him to throw into coverage, to do the no-risk-it-no-biscuit and push it downfield, they're going to be disappointed. The equation for the Bucks. With the defense improving, and Todd Bowles is a hell of a defensive coordinator, you could see the impact, the profound impact that he had on that Dean last year. The equation for the Bucks is going to be defensive stops and Tom Brady not making mistakes and also putting his, re- putting his receivers and his tight ends in a position to get yardage after the catch and kind of you know moving their way downfield bit by bit by bit with accuracy rather than taking unnecessary risks. To me, I think this – and what I say when, when I say the goal is to win the Super Bowl, to me, I think if you don't win a Super Bowl, all you did is get yourself two years of worst draft picks and set yourself back two years. And that's why, that's why I don't necessarily like the move from a Tampa or a Tom perspective. Um, for him, it, it makes sense in terms of the supporting cast on offense. That's what excites you. Uh, and so that I get. I just – I don't think they have the chops, and I think Tom is about to fall off very severely. So for you, everything about this and not liking Tampa Bay is the way Tom is trending. Because if, kinda- Tom, if Tom's in his prime and you, you close your eyes and they put Patriots logos on all of the players on the Bucks, everyone would say they're the Super Bowl favorites. Right. Yep, and, and I don't think Tom is in his prime, but last year – 24 touchdowns and eight interceptions, and I know he trended the wrong way. He's so Mace, Mace. I, his I'm, I'm his yards per it. attempt are, is going down. His touchdown rate going down. His completion percentage going down. All of these Mace. going down for three years and yep. a lower passer rating than Drew Locke. Yep. Okay, Mace. Uh, he started the year seven touchdowns, no interceptions in his first three games. So I tried to find the most favorable statistics for you of where to start that. So I started at week four is when his, quote, statistical decline went down. And in those final 13 games, 60% completion, 242 yards per game, 17 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Is that Brady in his prime? Absolutely not. That's a very good game manager. Actually, just a good game manager. And if he's clutch... I think I can get it done with the talent that he has around him. I, I think that is a big upgrade from 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions from last year. 
Definitely. All right. All right. But the bar right. there is pretty low. Zero. It is. A it, zero, zero, uh, or one, one. We can now, all I go, think, yeah. I think that Tom will actually have a bounce back year, and I have nothing to prove that. A I, I, bounce that's back just, year at age 43. Yep. And this a bounce is what back you're year saying, from 24 that, and 8. Yes. You can't name one player who's had a bounce back year at 41 no, or I, 42. No, I have no backing 43. to that. I just think he's going to have a better year. But you're right. I have nothing to say that. And nothing this is the problem. Me. You, For him to be successful, you are asking for him to do something that literally has never happened But before. a lot of the things that Tom Brady has done have never happened before. All right. I went, That's like, true. You, you, you basically went from week four onward. I went from week nine through the end of the season, the second half of the year, okay? Would you like to know, among the 37 quarterbacks with at least 75 attempts, where Tom Brady ranked in passer rating? 37 quarterbacks. Uh, 30. 28. 80.8. But just behind Mitchell Trubisky, Gardner Minshew, and Nick Foles, just oh, ahead of Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, and Kyle Allen. Yikes. So that that's an eight-game stretch, right, from week nine uh-huh. to week 16. Okay. In, in the second half of that season, the, he completed 56.9% of his passes. Not good. Not, not good at all. 5.94 yards per attempt. Not good. The, he had a good touchdown-interception yes, ratio, 11 to 4. That's what it's all about. But it was dink and dunk, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Yeah, and like you said, Mace, that's what it's all about. I mean, over a season, he had went in his worst 36. If you if you say you take those eight games and put it over a whole season, 3,600 yards. Broncos haven't had that in years. Tw- 22 touchdowns and eight interceptions again. It's, it's a, not world beating by any means. It just sounds means. like Tyrod Taylor to me. <laughs> well, and Tyrod got the Bills to the playoffs. To the playoffs. Again, I think they can get to the playoffs. Them not getting to the playoffs was just a hot take. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I think I think saying the NFC or Super Bowl is hot take as well. But yeah. did I not see that their Super Bowl odds have gone up to like fourth best in the league? Right, because people bet yeah. on Tom Brady. Are they even the fourth best team in the NFC period because think about who you've got that will it be in contention doing this to his own team. <laughs> okay yeah. let's just go through the teams okay are they better than Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers uh, maybe it uh, all it, it like Ryan said okay. this all comes down to Tom yeah, because does. the Bucks Seattle and Russell enough. Wilson now no. San Francisco Jimmy Garoppolo questionable but it's a very good team yep it's an excellent overall team and they haven't really lost much new orleans and drew Brees. i put them in the same category who has a better shot at making the super bowl the bucks with tom brady or the eagles with carson wentz bucks oh i don't know about that i don't know about that it depends on the moves the eagles make because the supporting cast is there i don't know it's true it just comes down to what are your thoughts on tom yeah you think tom is going to be tom and be revived by this new place. Uh, him and Bruce Arians are going to put their offensive genius together and just, you know, he's going to be happier and all these things. Then you can talk yourself into them being a tier one NFC team. Understand this from a Bucks perspective. I fear this ends in the most torturous situation <laughs> imaginable. Jameis and the Pats. Exactly. Jameis goes to New England 
lights the world on fire, and the Bucks watch that while Tom Brady is dinking and dunking his way down the field. He's clearly still on the decline, and the Bucks have yet another season out of the playoffs. Of course, they have not made the postseason since two. 2007. Okay, let, let's say the Broncos have a great year. Let's say they go 11-5. and Would well, that be a great year, every Broncos oh, yeah. fan? So they make the playoffs, they win one playoff game, and then lose. That's a great year, right? Everyone's happy with that. It's Yes, it's a, certainly a step in the right direction, or three steps in the right direction. So let's say that's, that's what happens, and put that aside. Outside, and so putting the Broncos aside, would an awesome Super Bowl be the Patriots and the Bucks? You know, would you like that? You know what I would hate about it is everyone would have to admit that it wasn't Brady or Belichick. It was both. It was both. Yeah, I guess that would that would tear everyone apart. So it'd be awful. It'd in, be great in an awful right. way. And the game itself would settle a little something, but the truth is, one game doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of a full legacy. So everyone would have to admit it wasn't Brady, it wasn't Belichick, it <laughs> yeah. was both. Yeah. They're both the greatest. Or at least at the very top of the list. And no one wants that. I want Brady to go four and twelve <laughs> yeah. and Belichick to take Jared Stidham to the you know, to the AFC mm. championship or something. Or Bucks go undefeated, Patriots go zero <laughs> right. sixteen. You just know, so we get our answer. Just give us yeah. the answer. Yeah. <laughs> I want or it doesn't have to be that drastic either. Bucks make the playoffs, Patriots don't. Patriots make the playoffs, Bucks don't. That's what I want. What if they're both bad? Well, then it was they, they only could do it together. They needed each other. So a system quarterback and a system coach. Right. <laughs> um, and it, it never worked out this way, but it's kind of like what everyone thought about Kobe and Shaq. Right. Like they need each other, and it turns out they both went, went and got another ring without the other one. Yep. But um, that's what it would be. Oh, they were just – you know, two halves of one mind mm-hmm. and without each other, they were useless, which yep. I can live in that world too. <laughs> yeah. So my, my last question with this, let's say Jameis goes to new England. He signs today. What are you predicting his touchdown, total touchdowns and total interceptions are? 35 to 10. I was going to say 35 and 15. 30 and 11. Oh man. Yep, the Patriots are in the playoffs. Oh, <laughs> very Jameis much Winston so. is the comeback player of the year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can see it so clearly. I can't believe that no one signed them yet. I, it's yeah. so obvious to me that this is what's going to happen. Who? Who's? What teams could sign him? Uh, Chargers potentially. Yeah, and I don't want that to happen at all. Raiders? Wait, because he's he's a, an upgrade over yeah what they have. Whatever I agree. the heck they have. Raiders or are they in on Derek Carr? Raiders would be interesting. I would hate that too. Uh, Patriots would hate that. Who else? The Jaguars. The I don't Panthers, think... but they're in tank for Trevor. All right. Well, they just signed uh, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater. twenty-two a year. I'm going to credit uh, one of our commenters, Dan Burke, with this suggestion: Pittsburgh. Hmm. You're not sure about Big Ben whether he's all the way back. Sign Jameis if he's willing to sign, say, a one-year, $7 million contract. And then there's pro- a, there's a pretty good shot that Jameis Winston gets on the field. Yeah, and similar And does well and-, and resuscitates his career. Maybe he's playing for Pittsburgh. Maybe he's playing somewhere else. Yeah. That's a good suggestion. But I- New England, poetically, is the best one. 
And if he's going for one million seven or one year seven million, I feel like the Patriots would beat that a little bit. I mean, he said uh, thirty million. He wanted thirty million per <laughs> <Yeah>. year. <laughs> There's no chance he gets that now. No. I'd put his ceiling at twenty. And it just goes down every day. Exactly. And I feel like all the teams who are somewhat interested in him aren't interested enough to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. So they're just saying, like, well, let's wait till tomorrow. If he's still there, then we'll reassess this again. Huh? Let's wait till tomorrow. If he's yep. still there, we'll reassess this again. <laughs> yep. And it's going to finally get to a point where one team is like, all right, I think we can get him for $12 million. Yeah. Why would mm-hmm. we not? Yeah. This is <laughs> – and it is going to be – it's going to be <laughs> – the uh the story of the year i think it's gonna be entertaining without a doubt like i'm not even kidding i wouldn't be surprised if he wins mvp (laughs) anywhere or specifically with new england with new england yep (laughs) and if he does i mean sadly it's just another log on the fire of failure that is the tampa bay buccaneers history Mace, why don't you look at it on the bright side? What if Tom Brady is the MVP? I look at it on the bright side. There's been a there's a fire that burns brightly. Oh my gosh! <laughs> if Tom Brady is the MVP, that's look. Then we will be celebrating Tom Brady as somebody who defied all logic, all norms of aging. We'll look at Tom Brady as the ultimate unicorn. In not just the NFL, but in all of North American professional sports. Yep. Mace, in the weirdest way, your your disdain for this has made me like it and want it even more, which is probably the weirdest way to recruit someone. But I went from being 100% neutral about the Bucks to kind of pulling for him, and I have no idea why. It must, must just be that. I don't want to be right on this. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't want to be right. But, I've again, I've just... I've been to the. I haven't been to this exact opera before, but I've seen the general plot. <laughs> Jameis Winston is going to go somewhere else and tear it up and be the quarterback Tampa Bay always thought he would be, and the Bucks are going to sit there and realize that yet another quarterback did better after leaving than he did in Tampa. I don't know. Is it something in the water? Do they have bad water in Tampa. Did they build their stadiums on a Seminole burial ground? What the hell? I can see a scenario where this goes really poorly in Tampa. Like, worse than anyone could imagine right now. Like, Mm -hmm. Tom thinks he's the coach and the GM, (laughs) and Arians is a strong personality. And, you know, we've seen when LeBron just kind of felt like, well, I came here, so... You know, I did you guys such a favor that I get to make all the calls now. I could see that that happening. Do you think Tom Brady talked to Peyton Manning about Bruce Arians? Because Arians, of course, was Peyton's first QB coach in the NFL. Maybe. I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's Let's just cross our fingers that this, you know, uh, world that we're living in right now and the uh, crisis – doesn't somehow mess with the NFL season because well, this NFL season is going to rule. Okay, it's going to be I, amazing. I have to say this, though, and this is one more thing that would just be buck luck. They signed Tom Brady, and this crisis worsens, and Tom Brady never plays a game for the Buccaneers. Oh, yeah. Because oh. there's no, I'll, I'll touch wood wait, like because there's no times. 2020 NFL season. But, Mace, you would like that. You don't want Tom Brady to play. 
I want there to be a damn football <laughs> oh, season. That's true. That's true. Okay, Mace, re- really, really quick. Would you for this Bucks team? Would you rather have Tom Brady two years, fifty million dollars, fully guaranteed, or Jameis Winston two years, fifty million dollars, fully guaranteed? Fully guaranteed. You got yep, I mean, the this, exact same contract. This is easy. I don't. I don't know what you guys are gonna say. I have no idea. With this, Bucks if you're a team, Bucks fan, this is easy. Okay, I, I I understand this. I accept Jameis Winston is probably going to do well elsewhere. But I also did not want to watch James Winston <laughs> as the quarterback again because I'd seen by the end by the end of last season, five years. You just seen enough for me. Tom, the only value of Tom Brady for me is that he's someone else. But I accept that Jameis will probably figure it out in another city. What for whatever reason, quarterbacks do not maximize their potential. In Tampa, unless they're named Brad Johnson. The reason I say it's easy, if you're a Bucks fan, you feel like you've seen it through with Jameis. You can even think something is going to happen, but the it, it, I wouldn't have said that about Jameis if he was just re-signing with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. I think for him, it's important to go to a new place where he's not the number one overall pick that everyone is putting all of their hopes and dreams on. I think he needs to go somewhere where he took a one-year, fifteen million dollar deal and said, "I'm going to prove it," and he has a whole new outlook on football. So for me, if you're a Bucks fan, you have to go down the Tom Brady route because you just want to see something new. You want to see something exciting. Um, and then when Tom Brady retires, like you're bringing in the next franchise savior, he probably stumbles around and isn't quite what you want him to be, and then you're starting the cycle again. I think, I think everyone in Denver, because they're Bronco fans, everyone in Broncos country has a completely different view on this than I do. I'm traumatized. Fair. I'm when it comes to the quarterback position of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the history of the franchise has made me a fatalist. Not well, even a pessimist. I'm beyond that. Pes- I aspire to pessimism. I'm a fatalist. I assume it's going to turn out in the worst possible scenario. Period. I mean, the Buffs got a five star transfer from Alabama, and I'm like, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I I know I know how you feel. Okay. And it was good that I didn't put my hopes and dreams on the uh, shoulders <laughs> of Antonio Alfano. Um, big shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. What's really cool right now is if you use the Drizzly app, you can get Breck delivered right to your door. Our guy Rudo used it the other day. I haven't had to yet because I, I already had a good backstock of Breck brews. But our guy Rudo over on the Asby used Drizzly the other day, said it worked out great. I highly recommend right now, especially since we're you know in stocking mode, Getting the 15 can sampler. You're getting 15 cans for the price of 12. You're going to get a awesome value. And then you're going to get to try out all the, the different Breck brews. I know I, I you know everyone has their favorites, but this is a time for uh, experimentation, I would say. And you want to try out all the Breck brews you can. And speaking of experimentation, it's probably a good time to try out Manscaped. Mm-hmm. If you uh, you know if you're getting uh, if you're feeling adventurous, uh, well, na- nail and uh, hair salons are closed, but this doesn't mean you can't practice uh, good grooming and trimming elsewhere. Exactly. In fact, you need to. You need to learn it yourself, right? I, I am uh, starting to panic a little bit that I'm not going to be able to get my hair cut. But then I started thinking, like, do I just embrace the, like, mountain man quarantine? <laughs> I don't know. I, Let the beard go. Uh, but even with that in mind, you still 
want to use Manscaped. You can get 20% off your entire purchase using the code DNVR20, and you're going to get free shipping on top of that. Uh, and also, just as a side note, I really recommend listening to uh, the Denver Sports Podcast yesterday and hearing Allie try to do this read because it's it's really <laughs> it's high quality pretty, comedy. Pretty amazing. So make sure you check out Manscaped. They're awesome. They have the tools for the family jewels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into the questions here. Zach, and the first one comes in from Open Your 75. Oh, I love that. Uh, Ryan, I'm pulling it up right now. Do you have it open? Oh, I got it. Do I have what? You're, you're getting... Okay, yeah, I got it. Uh, you confused me. Anyone else laughing that CHJ took a low contract of two years, 17 to 20 mil? Roby got more than him. Wow. Hadn't thought of it in that way. I'm not really wow. laughing, but I do think he played his cards wrong. He did. He certainly did. That, the, that deal the Broncos offered him doesn't look so bad now, huh? I think he went to the Chargers just to spite the Broncos. Thoughts? Uh, maybe he did. Again, I talked about this on the Denver Sports Podcast yesterday what is he spiting? What, where is his spite coming from? I don't understand. I, he could only have appreciation for the Broncos. Also, maybe this would be a, a little more convincing if he had a deal from, I don't know, Tennessee that was more, and he turned that down to go play for a lesser deal in the AFC. Well, it was either the Raiders or the Chargers uh, when it came down to it. And, and also... This was, what, multiple days into free agency that he took this deal? So it wasn't like he just took one deal right away to spite the Broncos. I don't think so. Again, this is why Chris played his cards so wrong at the end here. He has Broncos fans feeling like that's the case. Imagine that. You're a ring of famer, one of the best corners in the history of a franchise. And just because of the way you acted on social media, you've got fans thinking that you're purposely spiting them. He messed this up so badly. He goes on and says, I hope we draft two stud wide receivers to add to Sutton and Fant and make him look silly two times a year. Again, this is all Chris's fault in my opinion. Uh, What do you guys see us doing in the rest of free agency? More D-line, O-line, cornerback, wide receiver. Thanks again for all your content. Also, go listen to the Count's comment on Andre's DNVR draft podcast from Monday. It's the last five minutes, and it is comment gold. (laughs) I bet it is. The Count always brings comment gold. I think if there's one more move that will, as Zach would say, open your eyes, it'll be a Mukamara. That's like the biggest name that's on the radar to me that is still available out there that has a chance of signing here. Running back, too. When speaking of running back, right now, uh, Stephen Watson, uh, a reporter out in Milwaukee, I don't know where he's getting this from, but he's saying the Broncos are close to finalizing a deal with Melvin Gordon. Woo! That would be eye-opening, wouldn't it? That's eye-opening for me, considering I literally just uh, contradicted that entirely <laughs> with what I just said. And uh, a reporter out with the Bucks said that Melvin Gordon is not signing with the Bucks, but he's close to finalizing a deal with the team right now. Oh man! Yep. All right, on Wisconsin. Draw the line. What number are you okay with? With are we talking one-year deal? Or are we talking anything? Just tell me the contract that you feel comfortable with. I would be okay. The most. The most lucrative and, and longest contract you're okay with. Three years, $24 million. Eight mil a year. year. Okay. Yep. Longest contract I'm comfortable with 
is three years, 21 million, 10 million guaranteed. Close. Mace always <laughs> got to go a little got to be below. Um, I am comfortable with anything under 10 million a year. So wow. if it's three for 27, I'm cool with that too. Okay. But got it. It's so weird. I but love he, Phil so much. Right. But the thing with Phil Lindsay is this. He has the skill set to be a good pass catching back, correct? He has the skill set to to really be anything. Right. But it hasn't happened yet. And of course, he, he, there was the wrist injury they dealt with, but his drop rate spiked last year. Melvin Gordon, he's a 45 to 50 catch a year receiver out of the backfield. So in addition to being somebody who can pound between the tackles, he's a better receiving back than you have right now. He's a better receiving back than you've had really in quite some time, probably better than like C.J. Anderson in 2014. So this Stephen Watson guy, his inside line to Melvin Gordon would be he covers the Badgers. Right. right. So yep. maybe they're buddies. Yeah, I'm uh, sure that's it. That's, you know, that's why. He just didn't connect it right away. Stephen Watson is to Melvin Gordon as I am to Philip Lindsay. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Um, that's why I think it's I think it's legit. This is exciting. It is. And to me, while I have never agreed with it, NFL coaches, and I, I, I don't want to say at large, but most NFL coaches would tell you that they don't want to give Philip Lindsay you know, an absurd amount of touches. I think he can handle the load, but NFL coaches have told me I didn't feel comfortable or I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. So this I think allows you to say, Melvin Gordon, we don't want to run him into the ground. Philip Lindsay, we don't want to run him into the ground. Let's get the best of both guys and keep both of their touch numbers down. I think this is fantastic. And another source coming in here saying the Broncos are the team that's about to sign former Chargers uh, running back Melvin Gordon. That's uh, Dove, Dove Kleiman. Dove Kleiman, yeah. Dove Kleiman. Sorry. Sorry, Dove. Um, (laughs) This is, uh, I mean, come on. That's got to excite you. You go from Royce Freeman to Melvin Gordon? Yeah. Yeah. Huge, huge. And, And also the thing about Melvin Gordon as well is that He's cash money inside the 10-yard line. Over the last four years, he averages just under 12 touchdowns a season. That's Broncos need help there. Yeah. How often have we complained about their red zone offense, their, the, rel, the lack of threats, the, last of, the lack of efficiency? Melvin Gordon, he actually makes Cortland Sutton better because if Melvin – if Melvin Gordon is going into the flat when Drew Locke goes back to throw on second and eight from the 11-yard line, the safety of the linebacker, the, the safety is going to have to maybe pick the poison a little bit. Do I go make sure Melvin Gordon in the flat is covered, or do I go help out on Cortland Sutton? Makes right. everybody. Or if Noah Fant emerges as a red zone threat, then it's pick your poison in three directions as yep. well. Yep. The, Mel, the thing about Melvin Gordon is that he brings something to that room that the Broncos do not have right now. I, I, I love, look, if this is where what it comes down to, I love it, and I'm going to, what the hell, I'm going to go a step further, put a Wisconsin center in front of him like Tyler Biotis from the draft. 
Let's go. Yep. Cash in. This great this, offense. This would be absolutely <laughs> huge for Philip Lindsay, for Drew Locke, for Melvin Gordon, and wouldn't it be something that the the Chargers capitalize on a Denver Bronco gambling on himself last year and it paying off for them, and then the Denver Broncos capitalizing on a Charger gambling on himself last year and it paying out for the Broncos. There's a long history of this sort of movement in the AFC West in free agency. Just part, just part of the great dynamic between all these teams. Oh, Melvin Gordon, man. Boom, baby. This Melvin Gordon, man. I like this guy, man. <laughs> Who's starting week one, Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay? You're paying a guy, what, $700,000 right now? And you're paying another guy between what we said, seven and nine? I think it's going to end up being less than that. I- at this stage of free agency, we're always surprised by how little these guys are getting. Okay, let's I say was set, five. Right. I was setting my bar really high. I think if I'm going to guess of what it is, that's as high as I'd set it because I think it's a huge, it's a big need for the Broncos. And eh, not a big need. I, I guess a need for the Broncos and a player that I really believe in. I'm going to guess it's closer to five a year. So that's the Jordan Howard contract. Yep. Two years, $10 million. Or three for 15 with ten, with – you know, eight guaranteed okay. or something. So who are you starting? Um, T- try, try to take your Buffs perspective out of it. I, th- I think that Pat Shermer is going to fall in love with Melvin Gordon. I think that's the reason why they're going to be signing him in the first place. So that answers my I question. I think you open with two backs flanking Drew Locke and the shotgun, and then one of them splits out, so I'm starting them both. <laughs> Great answer, Mace. Way to really take a side here. Thank you. That is. The I want to start my best players, even if two, even if two of my five best skill position players, aside from the quarterback, happen to be both running backs. So two, two receivers, one tight end, two running backs. That's my starting lineup in skill players. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a cop out. I don't care, man. I, and if you add. Henry Ruggs. What could this offense be? Special. Yeah. If Remember Drew Locke what, is everything what, that you hope he is. Remember yeah. what John Elway said. It's, you know, the fun part is building around Drew Locke, and that's exactly what this is because the truth is if Joe Flacco was the quarterback right now, this wouldn't excite me nearly as much. Yeah. But we think that Drew Locke, I specifically speaking for myself, think that Drew Locke has a – you know, sky high ceiling. And so I can see all of this uh, really, really working out in an incredible way for the Broncos. Yep, I can too. I can too. That one-two punch they have could be dangerous. So we're, we're just waiting on the news to officially break right now. But should we continue with the other questions as we wait for that news? Yeah. Next one from Thick Fangio. Everyone's out here building all the TP and milk or buying all the TP and milk, but that's cool because there's still Breck Brew on the shelves. Hashtag doing quarantine right. The Jano trade has shook, has shook me. I understand the logic behind it and everything, but I may not be okay with it for a while. Jessica is Satan incarcerated. Incarnate. Yes, incarnated. Y'all will learn. Hmm, interesting. Yep, she's certainly shaking it out, isn't she? Uh, She's... (laughs) Interesting. We haven't seen her full, uh, I assume, her full wrath yet. But based on what everyone said and then the way that she reacted when uh, Barnett, you know, 
gave her the cold shoulder a little bit, you could see that she's got she's got a wrath inside of her. <laughs> yep. Drew for MVP. Hey guys, first of all, welcome back, Zach. We all missed you. Question for Mister: Please don't hate my Buccaneers now just because we have Brady Mason. What do you think about the new uniforms? I would have liked a little bit more orange. Looks like the designers just took the Plan B jerseys from the Falcons and Cardinals and put them into one LOL. Thoughts, P.S., keep up the great work. You three are the best. Well, I think what he's responding to is a report on Uniwatch.com where they were shown mock-ups of the uniforms, but they couldn't take pictures, so then they went ahead and kind of drew them on their own. And what he drew for the Buccaneers' base uniforms was... Basically, it was something very similar to what they had from 1997 to 2013, except it used to be that the numbers on the red jersey, they were white trimmed in black and orange, and now they're just trimmed in black. So they took the orange out of the base uniforms. And there's talk that a color rush uniform is going to be all pewter. So pewter pants and a pewter jersey. But then that leaves... A third jersey, that was not something they got into. That's one I could see them revealing maybe a year or so down the line. And that's where you may see orange come back. But right now, on the mock-ups they had, the only orange was the football on the flag logo on the helmet. Mm. So Yeah, it's disappointing. But at the same time, it's a much cleaner uniform than the Bucks have had. Uh, to, on the current uniforms, the, the font is terrible. It is, as my dad would say, too busy. Mm, yep. The if this mock up is accurate, it's a return of simplicity for the Bucks. Mm. Next one coming in from Ethan Rozier. Sup, fellas. I thought I'd dwell into an off season story. I think it'd be fun to talk about. Since I was little, around five at least, I have always subconsciously always went to bed when I felt a shred of tiredness. I've built up this for years, and now being 22 years old, I'm considered the old man of the house since I always go to bed at 7 or 8 p.m. While also being the only morning person in my house, I'm also up and ready at 5 or earlier, full of energy and ready to go. Since I've always gone to sleep so early, I'm always full of energy that I have nicknamed my E-Energy or Ethan Energy for short. Thanks for listening to my fun little story about myself and a and have a good day and sleep, of course. Oh, that's that's awesome. I'd love to hear another morning person. I'm a morning person, but not necessarily up and ready by 5 a.m. going to bed at 7 p.m. <laughs> uh, who we got next here? Next one is coming in from Montana Bronco. He says, first, first of all, welcome back, Zach. No offense, Mason RK, but the pods seem a lot more cheerful when Zach's there. Oh, thank you. In these tough times, we need your laugh. Okay, now on to Broncos. Do you think there's any way we bring back Wolf? Just because I have his jersey. Since I have two-year-old twin daughters at home, I have suggestions for DNVR Watch. Pe- Peppa Pig and Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol or Bubble Guppies. Bubble Guppies. The way I will always be able to participate. Love you guys. Keep up the great work. Well, my daughter is past those, but she watched all of them when she was younger. Um, in Paw Patrol, basically the entire uh, city services of a small Canadian town near the water, probably in British Columbia, are provided by a group of canines and their leader, Ryder. Peppa Pig is about a, a group, of, a, a family of pigs that uh, walk and talk and all that. And uh, they're like, there's like, there's a, a pig family, then there's a raccoon family, and then there's a rabbit family, and and so forth. Um, 
And then Bubble Guppies is a group of uh, little kids that, that basically mermaids and uh, merboys, and they swim around uh, in the deeps of the ocean. Um, their teacher is a grouper. But the thing is, you will twist your brain into a pretzel if you try to, fi- try to figure out the physics of the Bubble Guppies universe because they are deep in the ocean and it snows. Interesting. Nothing makes sense. Ryan, you gave me a little eye. Is something going on? I'm not. N- not yet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> something might be going on. Okay. <laughs> Next one here comes in from Bronco Squared. Hey, guys. It's been a while since I last commented. I got to thank you guys for being the best sports podcast out there right now during all this craziness. Thank you. Having you guys as a constant go-to for sports talk has been great, but I've come to a realization as a result, and here it is. I hated that KC won the Super Bowl, but I can live with it as long as KC fans never, ever have such a great podcast and sports network and community like you guys have created. The community is seriously one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. So thanks for everything you guys do and you are working on to make DNVR so great. You all are a huge blessing. Well, thank you so much for your support, man. It means the world to us. That means so much. Quick PS, he adds, I'm a seventh grade teacher in Idaho and I ask that any of you who are parents... Uh, can handle this time with your kids with grace and patience. I teach 136 kids a day, so I know it's hard, but this time is probably pretty scary for them. Help them stay on track if they are still learning and be there for them during the social distancing. I wish I would have had time to say goodbye to my students before we all closed. Anyways, thanks, guys. Hopefully the NFL season isn't canceled this year. We get Chubb back. Well, thank you for, for, for what you're doing. Very good words for everyone right now. Absolutely. All right, next one here is from Mile High Mike. He says, I just wanted to throw in my opinion that nobody asked for. I'm part of the minority group that loves the current Broncos logo and uniforms. The swoosh Mace is hating on is one of the reasons. Uh, is one of the reasons. Maybe old-fashioned, but unique and not commonly used. Unlike the overused stripe. Classic? Sure. But not very special when everyone does it. And there's nothing wrong with our logo. The photoshopped combo of the current horse and the D is cool. I could compromise for that. For the record, I hated the swoosh even when it began. But it just looks even worse now because it's out of date. Remember, there was a period in the late 90s and the early 2000s where the swooshes were all over like college football. So, and, I'm just, and I remember thinking, why is everybody looking to add such a terrible design element to their uniforms? <laughs> Baffling. Sorry. Uh, he goes on, just curious why there isn't a DNVR Rapids beat. Uh, we're all, it's just... We're still growing. We haven't reached our uh, our final form yet. So we're always looking into adding beats, adding reporters, all of that stuff. Um, but, it, you know, we're not uh, ESPN quite yet. What if the Rapids are the first team back? Major League Soccer start is targeting May 10th for a return. I love them for that. It gives me hope. Um, whether it's realistic or not, I don't know. Um, I agree. But it it makes me feel better inside. Uh, and th- that might be the way that, that that might be the way the MLS is viewing this. If we can get, if we can find a way to get back before everyone else, we will have eyes. Yep, exactly. I just wish that the Rapids had better ownership. You can Sorry say that about a lot of teams. Around <laughs> I wish the Broncos had ownership. That'd be nice. Hey, yeah, that's a place to hey start. Now. Yeah. From uh, threes for Pat four. Hey, Sand Monkey twenty seven. Several years ago, I was paintballing in Las Vegas with just a few guys. 
and the arena was swarmed with about 12 guys for a bachelor party. They all teamed up on the groom, as you just described, and he let us join in. Oh my 30 gosh. seconds into the game, one of my teammates aiming for the groom hit me in the back of the head from like three feet behind me. Most painful shot I've taken. One in a million chance we were in the same match, but it can't hurt to check. <laughs> oh, I have a headache just thinking oh. about that. Yeah, that sounds awful. I feel like that's like le- you could legitimately get a concussion from yes. that. Yes. Five, my dad loved roller coasters, has loved roller coasters for years now, and he's 52 and can't ride without blacking out. Poor guy. I know. I'm I'm dreading when that day comes because it'll come for all of us. Six, if these running backs had haven't been signed already when you read this, rank them from th- one to three specifically for Denver. Gurley, Freeman, Gordon. I'm going Gordon, Gurley, Freeman. <laughs> I'm going Gordon, Freeman, and then it's one of those where there's a lot of dots, dot, 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 Gurley. So I'm in the minority here, clearly. I think that um, uh, Gurley is going to have a bounce back here as well. On an arthritic knee. Yep. Okay. They'll find a way. Yeah, I like him as my two in this list. Yeah, it's... Melvin Gordon certainly never lived up to uh, the billing there, but I still think he... I, I think he's a really great match for the Broncos. I think so, too. From Count Locula, Mace. Would you rather have a mediocre career, seven years or so, no Pro Bowls, and win a Super Bowl, or have a Hall of Fame career and never touch that shiny football mm-hmm. atop that pile on? Love the count. So easy. For Super me, Bowl. it's easy. Really? Super Bowl, easy. Uh, I guess I'm uh, selfish. I'd rather have the Hall of Fame career. I'd have the Hall of Fame career because you're still getting a very rare ring. It's just for an individual accomplishment rather than a team accomplishment. As Steve Atwater has told me, even though he has two Super Bowl rings, when he gets the Hall of Fame ring, that's the one he's going to wear. Well, it's a more exclusive club. Exactly. I have a little a little bit of experience with this. I'm not going to say it's a direct comparison by any stretch of the mind. But when I was in high school, my sophomore year on the golf team, I was not one of the better players. And we won state, and it was incredible. My senior year, I was, I was one of the better players. And we weren't a great team. And it wasn't that fun at all. So, wait, so, varsity, you were a legit state champion golfer, state champion uh, team golfer. No, I wasn't on the oh. – um, I, 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 was, I was an alternate. I was only a sophomore. So. Our friend Ryan Edwards claimed that he was part of a state championship golf team in New Mexico at Rodoso High School. Why you got to bring this up on him? <laughs> we all know – do you guys know the story? I know the story. Okay, do you know the story, no, I Zach? No. All right, now, s- listeners who followed us over from Orange and Blue 760, you probably know this. For those who don't know, a primer, Ryan talked about being a state champion golfer, and then I, I, I was able to find out, and then he admitted because he knew I'd probably find out, he missed it by a year. So the team at Rodoso High won the year after he graduated. <laughs> but he said, well, I felt like I was a part of the team. But you weren't. You weren't a state Gosh. champion golfer. Yeah, no, no you're not a state champion. <laughs> yeah, I didn't participate, okay. unfortunately. But that, that even uh, highlights it even more. I had more fun on the team that I didn't even participate on. Really? But, uh, well, like I was on the team, but I wasn't in the top five for okay. the state championship. You get five guys to play, one alternate. Mm-hmm. And so – it was still way more fun being on a team that was that good. Were you on the team picture? Yes. The year they won this te- the state title? Absolutely. Okay, so this is a gray area here then because you're actually in the team picture even if you weren't among the final five. Yes. See, I, I would equate you, and, I- and I'm actually going to side with you as being a state champion because this is what I'm going to equate you as. 
you have a team that gets to the national championship in college basketball and wins. They have 15 guys on their roster, some mm-hmm. walk-ons who are there to make players better in practice, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't play in the games. They don't play in the national championship game. That's you right there, partner. I'll take it. I'll take it. I didn't get a ring, but I'll take it. Now, what about the money that comes with the NFL, though? If you have a Hall of Fame career, that means you've got a huge contract at some point. So that's the other thing. If you have an average career and win a Super Bowl, you got to seven years, so you got to a, se- a second contract, but you maybe didn't get to a big contract yeah, you with got your a, second you contract. Got, you got a yeah. nice payday, but you didn't get anything huge. A Hall of Fame career means at some point you cashed in. Right, big time. Probably twice. I'm definitely taking the Hall of Fame career. Me too. You're a team-worthy guy, right? Yeah, no, not even close for me. <laughs> so I guess you're the team guy, and Zach and I are the individualists. <laughs> I would rather... The selfish people that say, hey, you may not be able to spell... T- you may not have an I in team, but there isn't a we either. <laughs> I would rather just become the producer of this podcast and not even get to say any words than be the host of a, of a bad uh, Broncos podcast. But the thing is... Your talent ensures that you would not be the host of a bad podcast. Yeah, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) Mace, you got the next one again. Yeah, I I think too many levels on these questions, don't I? Yes, you do. (laughs) Okay. That's what my my mom says. I think too deeply about these things. Count Locula, why is it that Broncos quarterback's level of physical attractiveness seems to have an inverse relationship with on-field success? Love the count. You think Paxton was attractive? Mm. I didn't, personally. No. More attractive than Peyton. <laughs> Drew Locke is a good-looking man. Yeah. He, he could break the, uh, break the mold. It's but, true. yeah, think about Brady Ra- Quinn certainly. Uh, <laughs> he fell into this. <laughs> yep. But who are the Ring of Fame quarterbacks in Broncos history? Frank Trapuca, never exactly a matinee idol. Craig Morton, well, he, you know, the years had taken its toll, their toll on him by the time he got to Denver. John Elway, I think. There were people. There fun, were yeah. women who thought John Elway was very attractive. <laughs> the problem is he had the, the distinct physical feature that got played up in the Drew Linton cartoons. Yes, the of two course, teeth, the teeth. And then Peyton Manning, the hairline was in full retreat by the time he got here. Yeah, that's true. Drew has to break the chain. Drew is the only stereotypically is, han- is the it, Drew Locke could be the most stereotypically handsome Broncos starting quarterback in team history is jake Plummer the the uh, uh, at the top of like quarterback talent versus um physical attractiveness for the broncos well jake Plummer, he's a fine looking fellow yeah it's just he chose to have the grizzly adams beard which i loved and for a while he there's actually a bobblehead of that immortalizes the porn stash that he had oh i forgot about the stash yeah that wasn't working for him but the, the full beard, that was awesome. <laughs> See, yes, he had, it was. There was an ESPN appearance where he had the porn stash and he's wearing the blue blocker glasses. <laughs> I remember that. That was peak Jake right there. What a character. He's right. a good dude. I, I, I've, I've got nothing but love for Jake for this day. Big mm. fan of Jake Plummer here. <laughs> Next one coming in from Steber92. Hey, all. No question today, but I just want to give an update from New Jersey. I have a few friends in the National Guard, and they are getting deployed, and the rumors are they are going to lock down the state once everyone is in place. I'm a nurse that worked in the ER and now does medical transport. 
I've signed on to our COVID task force to help care for and transport ballooning cases in New Jersey. I just want to say thank you to everyone that comments on this pod and you guys that keep this pod going. It is one of the few bright spots I have when I try and relax in between shifts. Stay safe, and I can't wait for football to start again. Well, first off, thank you thank so you much. That so is much. so cool that you're signing up for that. Thank you, man. Everyone who's involved with that, everyone in the medical field as well that's uh, that's getting ready for what is uh, – what is likely to come around the country, man, um, nothing but respect to all, to all of y'all. As it looks, You're we're going to need all the help we can get. We need a lot of people like Stebert. Yep. Um, real quick, did Melvin Gordon sit out a whole season? No. How long did he sit out that year? He sit, sat out, what? Four games. Okay. Yeah, because then he played, his first game back was against the Broncos. Right. Okay. He's, yeah, literally he's never missed more than four games in a season, and that was because of a holdout. Since 2016, including that holdout, third most touchdowns in the entire league from a running back. How about that? Total touchdowns? Yep. Yep, 47, right? Yep. Because he didn't have any touchdowns as a rookie. It was a, it was a weird thing. He had a decent rookie season, but he didn't score. And then the next year he had 12 touchdowns. The year after that, 12 touchdowns. The year after that, 14 touchdowns. And then last year, in 12 games, nine touchdowns. How about this, though? In terms of 1,000-yard seasons, Philip Lindsay already has more than Melvin Gordon. <laughs> yes, he does. Two to one. But yep. who has more yards from scrimmage? Like Melvin Gordon. Well, Mel- per year? Like per year, yeah. Like how many, yard, how many yards from scrimmage did Philip Lindsay have last year and the year before? I actually have this right something? here. Yeah. yeah. I think 12. Actually, Phil may have him. Yeah. One second. I'm Melvin Gordon had three consecutive years before the holdout of at least 1,300 yards from scrimmage. He so in their careers, Phil edges him out by twenty yards per year. Again, a really great marriage here. Yeah. I can see. Yeah, with Phil, you get twelve hundred and forty-two yards per scrimmage and eight and a half touchdowns per year. And with Melvin, you get twelve hundred and twenty-two yards per scrimmage and nine point four touchdowns per year. Here we go from Ian Rappaport. Source: The Broncos and Melvin Gordon had agreed to a two-year. $16 million deal with $13.5 guaranteed. The Chargers star stays in the division, creating a strong one-two punch with Philip Lindsay. How about that? There it is. That is right where you guys had it, right? You both yep, said... I think I or, had eight years. You said or eight or, mil. You said eight mil per year. You had said uh, seven. Mm-hmm. I said nine. Way to, way to go, Zach. Thank you. Thank right you. Right in the middle. And what um, do you think? Two years, 16 mil? That's pretty – how much guaranteed? 13.5. Okay. So, so you're keeping them both years. Yep. Um, you get here a really good finisher of drives for a team that has not been great at finishing drives. You get yourself a great one-two punch. And like we just mentioned, you can have this set up so his contract ends – Right when Phil's new contract starts, if that's the way you want to go. So to me, this right here is an absolutely fantastic move. This Broncos running back tandem is just going to be bouncing off of people like rubber. (laughs) So a quick shout out to Denver Rubber Company. They're your go-to for all of your needs. And sadly, snowplows are back in play and... My pile outside that you can see, which had melted on my birthday, has now grown back to about eh, eight feet. Taller eight feet than tall. me. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's okay. But I, 
it's still spring. I said it was officially spring when it melted. We do get spring snows. It happens. But when those spring snows come, you're going to need Denver Rubber Company to get you all of your snowplow needs. So make sure you hit them up. Make sure you use them. Make sure you support them. Make sure you said, make sure you say that DNVR sent you. It's 1-800-259-0010. Or you can visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR. All right, guys. We're going to try to get through the questions here. And I'm sure more and more are rolling in about Melvin Gordon every second. So let's just quickly talk Melvin Gordon and then we'll try to we'll try to dive into the questions. So much sizzle, so much spice to this move and if you take a step back, you have Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, Drew Locke, a potential first round wide receiver, heck, maybe a third round wide receiver to add to that. Guys, this isn't just dangerous and so exciting for this year. This is exciting for the next five years. This is, I mean, the spice that they have is pretty darn exciting. You need weapons that can force defenses to alter their game plans from week to week. And the Broncos, they're starting to collect them. Now, Philip Lindsay used properly, and I don't think Philip Lindsay is going to go into the shadows. He's still going to be a huge part of this offense. But you have Philip Lindsay and his explosiveness. Melvin Gordon, one of the best receiving backs in football over the last four years, and an outstanding back in the red zone, evidenced by his touchdown tally over the last four years, and averaging nearly a touchdown per game in the last two. Cortland Sutton should continue to be a, a number one receiver. I expect Noah Fant to step forward and do more in year two. And then you mentioned, Zach, the receivers that you might get in the draft. You're giving Drew Locke some weapons. Maybe you want to do a little more up front to protect him better. Some of that can come from Jawan James being healthy, Graham Glasgow, but I think maybe you still got to use a relatively high draft pick on the offensive line or maybe even spitballing Jason Peters. I was just going to say, bring me Jason Peters on a silver platter. It would be a very large platter. but (laughs) If you do that, no excuses. You've given Drew Locke the tools because you will have given him a good offensive line. You will have given him weapons to work with, multiple weapons, so the defenses can't key on one guy. Drew, you have a scheme that's going to be friendly to you. You have the tools. Show us what you got, kid. Even if there's no Jason Peters, though, look how well Drew did with a worse offensive line last year than what he's going to have this year. Uh, Joe Flacco was getting sacked left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. Just all year last year, Drew comes in and what? He gets sacked one time per game on average. So I still want to uh, protect Drew. That was my number one goal this offseason. But maybe John's saying Drew is going to be able to work with whatever we we have up there. And now let's just get him weapons. Let's be the Kansas City Chiefs. If you give me Jason Peters, then you're one move away, in my opinion, from a explosive, dangerous, scary offense. And that's just that first-round wide receiver. Um, This is – and even without Jason Peters, you're now two moves away from, in my opinion, completing the offense. You know, putting your offense in a position to compete on a game-in, game-out basis. You've got the scheme now, the West Coast spread. You've got the quarterback now. You have a star receiver, a, a potential star tight end, 
a definitely a mismatched tight end. You've got a uh, a two-time thousand-yard running back. You've got a two-time Pro Bowl running back, but next to him, you have all of the pieces now, but minus two of a great offense. Now, I don't know what the offense is without those two pieces, but let's just say only you only get one of the two. And we'll just live in the world where it's a, a, a tackle. Let's say you get the bookend tackle. This is still a very good offense. Two very legit receiving weapons, two very legit running weapons, and a legit quarterback. That'll get you somewhere. It's not the final form, but that'll get you somewhere. And isn't this team supposed to be built on defense? A defensive-minded head coach, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, got Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, A.J. Boye, Bryce Callahan. You have invested so much on the defense, and we're talking about the offense being so explosive. That's what's exciting. That's what's so exciting is kind of like we talked about yesterday. We're not talking about the 2015 Broncos where it's a stacked defense or the 2013 Broncos where it's just a stacked offense. If, if Drew's the guy, oh, boy. Oh, but it's going to be exciting. Very exciting. Super, super exciting. And it just allows you to start to dream about what this team could be. And what if Juwan James is healthy? And what if uh, Bryce Callahan can play a whole year? And what if Bradley Chubb comes back at full strength? You start adding together all of these pieces. And you see that what Brandon Spano has been pounding the table about for a while here, that John Elway is about to put together his third team, his third version of, of how to build a team. And this one looks like it's set to be the most balanced one. Guys, no, yes, absolutely right. No disrespect to Andy Janovich, but right now Browns reporters are talking to Andy Janovich via a conference call. That's what teams are dealing with right now. They're, ta- they're talking to the fullback that they just traded for a seventh-round pick. We're talking about the Broncos acquiring a five-time Pro Bowler uh, along the defensive line. We're talking about the Broncos acquiring a Pro Bowl cornerback. We're talking about the Broncos acquiring a two-time Pro Bowl running back. We're talking about the Broncos acquiring a top-10 guard. That's what these past few days have been like for John Elway. Yes, and I would argue that the Broncos sizzle that they've acquired is what they needed and that Andy Janovich's beat-up truck mentality is exactly what the Browns needed. They've already got a lot of sizzle and flair in that locker room. They needed a Jano. The Broncos needed a Melvin Gordon. So between Melvin Gordon, A.J. Boye, and Jarrell Casey, John Elway has acquired eight Pro Bowls this offseason. Yep, exactly. That'll do. Yep. You know, we talked about it being splashy. It hasn't been the traditional free agent route on a lot of these guys, but it doesn't matter how you get them. The Broncos have taken their money, and they've spent it, and they've improved their roster. Now imagine adding Ruggs or Judy to that. Oh, ho, ho. Imagine adding uh, K.J. Hill or Devin DuVernay and, down the line. And now the Broncos don't need five top 100 picks. Of course, but are you thrilled with that? Absolutely. But what I mean by that is you can trade. You can easily trade one of those third-round picks to move up to into the first round. You, you move up to 13 if worst comes to worst and you see the receivers falling and you get – make sure you get one of those top three. Or if your guy, Judy Ruggs, whoever it is, CeeDee Lamb, is there at nine, trade two third-round picks to go move up. And then 
look, you still had your first round pick, you have a second round pick, you have a third round pick, and you just got the best receiver or the guy that you deemed as the best receiver in the draft to go along with everything else we're talking about. That is, oh man, that's exciting. I'm pumped. Yeah, I, I'm. I was just thinking about this. Use one, and use one of the round three picks that you have on Tyler Biotish, and then yep, or your second well, round pick. Yeah, I'm a starter. I am. I'm excited. I, I'm really excited about what this. Team I want to start the season right now. I do too. I hope like hell oh, we have man. a season. <laughs> oh, We're having man. a damn season. <laughs> John's making sure of it. Um, this is so exciting. It is, and. It's. It feels like Zach. You said oh, we took a little break in here. You guys don't know when it was, based on the magic of podcasting. <laughs> um, but Zach said something. He said, "What's it going to be like when we cover a good team?" <laughs> because Mace has been there. Zach and I haven't. The best team I've ever covered in my career period was a a, a CU basketball team that made the tournament. Wow. Um, but never covered a good football team. Oh, well, I always say that, and then I realize I did start covering the Broncos in the middle of the Super Bowl season. Right. But I've never gotten to cover a real winning football team from start to finish. And I was an outsider that year. It kind of sucked. Like, I walked in in, like, week 11 or something and was just trying to learn, you know, where the media room was mm-hmm. by the time the Broncos <laughs> won the Super Bowl. So, uh this is a this is going to be fun. I think they're on their way, and I think that if they get that receiver, even without the tackle, I know we all want the tackle too. But even if they get the receiver without the tackle, I still can see this being a very explosive offense. Yep, I I completely agree because Garrett Bowles seemingly did take a little step up uh, when Drew Locke was in there last year. Now I I'm still the first one to say they need to upgrade that position, uh, but he did improve, and maybe that's the way John always looking at this. But, man, holy cow. We went from the Broncos having so many needs. And John Elway, he had the money. But just because you have the money to spend in free agency doesn't mean you're going to do it right. And I love so far what I've seen. Yeah, and I know there's the crowd that says don't pay running backs. But this isn't a contract that cripples you. Not at all. It's two years. Two years when you have a drink, everybody. Cost-controlled quarterback. quarterback. And two years when you don't have to pay Philip Lindsay big bucks. You can give him the RFA tender next year and, and put in place the structure for him to have bigger cap hits beyond that with an extension that takes him to 2022 and beyond. There, and at that point, you've probably added another running back maybe through the draft. I say keep having undrafted free agents because that seems to be working for you right now. And find your compliment to Philip Lindsay that way. Melvin Gordon, he's probably a two-year Bronco at most. But it's okay. Can, you can have a lot of fun in those two years. Let's exactly. do it. Exactly. And two years from now, you're going to have to start thinking about paying uh, Drew Locke and all this stuff. So it's uh, things are going well. Things are going well this offseason, and it's fun for us. And fun for you guys, too. Um, and, and there are a lot of people who say, don't pay running backs. I get it. I understand the thought behind that. You can find Philip Lindsay as an undrafted free agent. Now, not, you can't count on that. But I understand why people think that way. For me, I just say, if, if you can get good players, you should do it. And here's the thing. 
Yes, the Broncos are paying. Wow, this is kind of crazy to think about. The Broncos are paying Melvin Gordon ten times what they're paying Philip Lindsay. When you put it like that, yeah, they're certainly paying a running back there. But when I think of paying a running back, I think of the huge contracts, the one that Derrick Henry is going to get, the one that Ezekiel Elliott got, the one that the top guys get. We're talking double what Melvin Gordon got on a year basis and on on a, on a per-year basis. We're talking $16 million for four or five years. So, yes, the Broncos are paying for a running back, but they're not paying for a running back. $13.5 million guaranteed. That means he's going to be on your team for two years, but that's that's so much less. I mean, what did Zeke get? $60 million guaranteed? Five years, $90 million? I mean, two years, $16 million is quite different. How about this, Zach? Yes, they are paying Melvin Gordon 10 times more than they're paying Philip Lindsay. What, how, how about we look at it this way? Between their two running backs, they're paying an average of $4 million per year. Yep. They're, they're paying for, for two pro bowlers. They're paying less than $10 million. That'll do. Yep. Yep. That'll work. Okay. Let's jump back into the questions here, and I'm sure we'll kind of weave in and out of Melvin Gordon talk as we go through this. Uh, this one comes in from Bronco Born Bronco Bread, who says, Non-sports comment and quite long. Sorry, this has just been weighing heavily on me. Times have been tough for me recently, being I work in a small office with less than 10 people, and I work with my stepdad, who is 61 and has diabetes, and I've been overworried and just had emotions running at a high. Yesterday, I felt a turning point in my own life when I feel the nation is starting to as well. In times like this, we need to stay as positive as we can. It's a scientific fact that your body chemistry and how your bodily functions are can improve from positive thinking. This is why I don't watch the news. If we're all going to get through this, it needs to happen by building each other up and worrying with what we can change. It's tough at some of the idiotic things we see on social media, but we absolutely have to stay together with our communities and try to do everything we can to stay in good spirits, as hard as it gets, no matter your religion or beliefs. I think we can all agree that we are here on earth to better our society and others that we encounter in our lives. I think back to a key Bible verse, which we can all apply to our lives regardless of beliefs. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. A future and a hope. Hold on to it and know that there's going to be a light at the end of this tunnel. No matter how long the night is, the morning comes. Love and positivity to all. That's a very, very good message, Bronco-born, Bronco-bred. And and as positive as we are, I mean, we're all freaked out uh, about what's going on as well. Um, but it, it, it is just about maintaining that positivity and doing what we can to make sure that we and the ones around us are, are, are safe. But very good message, Bronco Born. Couldn't agree more. Vic Fangio Sweater says, Mace, who gives the better night's sleep as backup, Jeff Driscoll or PJ Walker? You know what gives me the best night's sleep? Belvin Knowing that Gordon. I have both of them competing and may the best man win because PJ Walker's got some nice upside to him. Don't don't leave my guy Brett Rippin out of that competition. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think PJ Walker earned another shot though somewhere. And the Broncos to be, a, be somebody's backup and and yeah, Brett Rippin in there too. Let them all compete. Rotate them in on the second team. Find out which one is the best. La- Jeff Driscoll has what guaranteed on his contract? Uh, this year two and a half million. That's it. So if a PJ Walker or Brett Rippin are better and beat him out. So what? That's nothing. At, absolutely. And according to Mark Berman, he says the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Broncos mm-hmm. have contacted the Houston Roughnecks about P.J. Walker. Yeah. Another quarterback. Now, he's not as tall as Drew Locke. Jeff Driscoll's 6'4". But 
you're seeing something with athletic quarterbacks. How about this? And like I said, we're going to weave in and out here. Um, the NFL Instagram posted that the Broncos are agreeing to terms with Melvin Gordon and uh, Cortland Sutton commented on there with his hand over his mouth. And then Drew Locke commented on there with the smiling face that's sweating, just being like, whew, oh boy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very fun. Next one coming in from uh, uh, Caleb. Can I, can I just add one more thing? Absolutely. Yeah. There's always a stat, you know, and there's a stat to make a guy look bad and a stat to make a guy look good. And, and the stat that doesn't reflect well on Melvin Gordon is his yards per carry, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty low. But how about this? Yards per carry against stacked boxes, 4.8, second in the entire NFL since 2018. Whew. TDs, 11, tied for second uh, against stacked boxes. And 10-plus yard run percentage, 16.9% of the time he runs against a stack box, he goes for 10 or more yards, which is second in the NFL. How about that? So this is a guy that, that isn't afraid to run in between the tackles when there's a lot of defenders there. That, that's exciting. That is. I mean, he, he, he is a complete back. Now, he did have Austin Eckler helping him out. He's going to have Philip Lindsay really helping him out here. But he can run in between the tackles, and he's also a pass catcher. Absolutely. All right, let's get back to the comments. Mace, you got it? Caleb Chihuha. Well, Chihuha? Sounds like something Beavis would say. Chihuha? I, I think that's Chihuahua? It's a reference to what Zach called a Chihuahua. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, it took RK wiping the floor with me in Madden, but just like Kyler on fourth and one, we got him. <laughs> I've been listening for about a year now, which sounds crazy because you guys originally were a fill-in for the void that was the death of Orange and Blue 760. We can live with that. Yeah. Since then, I can say, honestly, you guys are my favorite coverage, and I value your opinions over most writers. My only question for the day, do you think Melvin Gordon can make this Denver backfield elite? I feel as though a solid pass catcher such as himself could only highlight Phil and give Savior Drew a nice safety valve. Sorry for the long comment. And Mace, you'll never know the smile that crept across my face when I heard your voice on the pod the first time. That's pretty awesome. Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty awesome. And uh, I thank Thank Caleb for playing me in Madden last night. (laughs) I have to tell you guys, I kind of thought I sucked at Madden. Yeah, you were telling us yesterday. I, I, I was. I've now played three people in the league. Uh, and I'm two and one. Oh, pretty good. So Timmy from Sweden, uh, was the one who beat me. I hung in there. It was my first game against someone like online. I hung in there for the first half and then I got over aggressive and he took advantage of me and, Gosh. and ended up blowing me out. But I'm so bummed cause I have, I have Madden 19 and I couldn't get 20 in time for this. How about this? And this will be some free advertising. Uh, now that we have this group chat with everyone, all 32 teams in the DNVR Madden League, someone told me for twenty nine ninety nine a year, you can get access to something called EA Access, which gives you all the games on your on your what? console. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Have you confirmed this? Have uh, you second sourced it? Yeah. Multiple sources confirmed. What? Wow. So you just don't get the hard copy. It's not like they send you it. I don't need that. It's just on your hard drive. All of the EA games? All of the EA games. Wow. Every last one of them. Well, maybe I'll be joining the Madden League when someone drops out. I know. So you need to beat someone so bad that they drop out. Um, 
I, I probably won't carry that torch. <laughs> Timmy, but your maybe responsibility. Timmy, yeah. Let me know when well, someone drops out. I'll tell you what. We have some some players who haven't been as active as the mm. community would like, and so they're on the hot seat. Um, <laughs> so I, I can't uh, speak to what, what's going to happen there as I'm not the commissioner, but there's that, and then there's also a wait list, so you might have to join the list. Hey, and that Timmy put put me in my place in the wait list. Don't don't send me to the top. Don't shoot me to the moon or the sun of that wait list. But uh, man, that sounds Ryan. We need to uh, maybe do something where we play people that aren't subscribers, and if we beat them, they gotta subscribe. That's Ooh. a great idea. <laughs> Worked here. It one did. for one. It certainly did. <laughs> Next one's from Tucson Bronco Mario. If I'm correct, the Broncos could have saved $20 million in cap if they cut Flacco with the post-June 1st designation, but they decided to save $10 million now, meaning Elway wants to continue doing moves. Smart. There we go. This whole thing is confusing. If so, would you like? Well, I would love to see Jason Peters and or Prince Amukamara to top it off. And we've talked about these two today. Do we need to start painting a picture for everyone of this could be the end? Yes, because coming into this, the Broncos had – Coming into today, I should say, the Broncos had roughly $10 million to spend. That that includes the Joe Flacco savings. That includes all the moves they've done. And that also includes putting away $10 million for the draft for the draft class. So they have $10 million to spend. Well, it seems like Melvin Gordon's going to cost you about $8 million. So they have about $2 million left to spend. Is that going to get you Prince of Mukamara and or Jason Peters? No, it's not going to get you either. Now the cap is very, very, very fluid, as we know. They can do a lot of things to open up cap space. But are they going to open up $30 million? No. no. They're not going to. So I'm accepting that this is probably the end. They could maneuver a little bit of money to open up a signing for Jason Peters or to open up money for Prince Mukamara. But this is probably it, and I'm okay with it. If either of those guys are a one-year, $5 million type of thing, it's easy. I yep. mean, extremely easy to make it work. So we always say that the cap is a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't just like spend unlimited. Right. You just can maneuver things always to make one more, maybe two more things work. I mean, honestly, if you you could probably st- – like I, I don't want to get everyone's hopes up, but you probably still actually could get both of them on one-year short deals. Yeah, you could because that, that's the way the cap is. It's not likely, though. All right, he says, a scenario. The Niners are calling to move down from 13 to 15, and they are offering you Marquise Goodwin to get off of his contract. Would this scenario work? It gives the Broncos the speed they're looking for and gives them the opportunity to potentially get a Ruggs or Judy without the Eagles trading up to get one of the two. And Goodwin can work out of the slot. If neither are available, top tackle should still be on the board for the taking, and could get you could get an elite receiver in the second. RK, any status on Joe? Yes, he has made contact with the surface of the sun <laughs> and uh, thoughts and prayers. Thanks guys. And stay safe. So to go back here, would you like, um, Goodwin and 13 for 15 and I don't know, maybe nothing else. Uh, I would, well, ra- no, I guess you have to trade something for 15 and a fifth. I would, I would rather just trade a third away and move up, not take on that contract, because he does have, I'm pulling his contract up right here, um, he does count, uh, oh, wow, his contract's actually more team-friendly than I thought, uh, $5 million against the cap. Yeah, it would be okay to bring him on, 
I just don't want to bring him on and move up to 13 to not draft a wide receiver. And then you also said the top tackle should be on the board. Mm-hmm. No. Um, you'd be lucky if the second tackle is yeah. still there at mm-hmm. that point. I'm okay not having Goodwin. All right. I mean, we're talking about Olympic speed here. It's really true. It's really true. To me, it's worth a try. Right. I'll take him and take on the contract. Instead of giving them a third, I'll give them a fifth. And, you know, they should have just done this in the Sanders trade. I don't know why they didn't. Gosh, what if they, what if they get Goodwin and then move up to 13 and draft rugs? What if they add double both speed. of those speeds? The more, the better. The oh, more, the better. my. And I, yeah, so I'm down with that. And I said to you guys off air, I want Kalfani Muhammad to be the third running back on or, this team. Or what if uh, you draft Antonio Gibson in round four? That's fine, too. But I, I just speed. Give yeah. me speed. As much speed as you can get all the time. Oh, man. Pat Shermer would love it. I'll tell you that. Be a great Madden team. Yes, it would be. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Bristol Bronco fan chiming in. Thanks for the great content, boys. I'm currently working from home in the United Kingdom, and your podcasts are great to work to. If you could pick any non-quarterback player from another team and add them to the Broncos, who would you pick? Keep up the good work. Non-quarterback player. I think we've done this one before, and I think we all landed on um, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Donald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Man, especially with what they're doing right now. Jer- pair him with Jarrell oh Casey. Oh, God. <sighs> Look, I mean, that's essentially what the Ravens are out there doing. Yep. Just building a super line. The Ravens are. Mm-hmm. I was not scared of the Ravens before last year, obviously, seeing what Lamar Jackson did, but also seeing what they're doing this offseason. They're scary. Are they the favorite? Or the Chiefs still the favorite? Chiefs. Yeah, you guys know who I would say. But I th- the Bucks. The- no, in the AFC. No, I know, I know. Lamar Jackson needs to win a damn yeah. playoff game. Yeah. This is true. And yeah. that said, I think looking on paper, there's a pretty big gap from teams one and two to the rest of the AFC. My goal for the Broncos is for them to be the third best AFC team. That would be incredible. And then whatever happens, happens. That would be incredible. It would be incredible. I mean, we'd all be ecstatic. But it Incredible. also might means it might mean a sad outcome in January. I think Broncos fans should. But you're in January. Sign up for and you that haven't right been now. in January in four yeah, years. So exactly. Pretty much every year for the last four years, I've had to tell my girlfriend like, "Well, I can't really make any plans for uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day because that's when the Broncos are going to have their end of the season press conference." <laughs> yeah. And I've known that in like. Week eight. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'd rather be saying that, but say, yeah, we might be covering the team getting ready for a playoff game. That's what I mean. That's what we're hoping. Sorry. Yeah. Could be working all the way through February. Yeah, exactly. Thick Fangio says, sorry for the double comment, but people are sharing paintball stories, so I wanted to bless y'all with mine. The first time I ever went paintballing, I was probably about 13. Needless to say, I was a little nervous about getting shot, so I showed up wearing like five layers of clothes to soften the blow. Mm -hmm. I was feeling pretty confident. The first time I ever got shot by a paintball... It hit me in the one part of my skin that was fully oh. exposed in the Adam's apple. Bro. Oh, it hurt, but not as bad as the Jano trade. <laughs> Still not over it. And needless to say, I was right back in there the next round to get hurt again. I just realized I might have to carry this over to my love life as well. Damn. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that thick. From ventriculostomy? I think you got Sounds it. Sounds good. Yeah, ventriculostomy. All right. It doesn't I'm just making sound sure fun. that wasn't a, uh, some sort of play on words. <laughs> hey, guys. Broncos fan from Illinois, and this is my first time commenting. I spent months 
going through the different Broncos daily podcasts last season and all off season, eventually setting, settling on DNVR as the podcast with the best information, analysis, and family. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. We started a monthly subscription. We'll probably be going longer term soon. We got him. Got him. I have a question about the new DNVR bar. Do you have to call it the DNVR bar for branding purposes? Because the DNVR, the DNV bar, or typed DNV bar, just rolls off the tongue. Excited about the future and the great offseason moves, as a Mandalorian would say. This is El Way. Go Broncos. Oh, that, mm-hmm. Now, That's do you the, guys uh, know Spanish Mandalorian? Exactly. Now, do you guys know what a ventriculostomy is? Nope, oh, and neither boy. did you until you just Googled it. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a, it's a surgery, refer to the surgery of the device that drains fluid from the brain. Excess fluid. That sounds dark. That sounds really yes. unnecessary. Uh, as for, for you knew it, you, you said it for branding purposes. Yes, we want to have DNVR in the name. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Mets Bronco 50. Hey, guys, just seeing rumors about Denver inquiring about PJ Walker from the XFL. Have you heard anything about this? Competing with a couple other teams, what, the Cardinals and the Seahawks, correct? I don't have time for P.J. Walker today. <laughs> it's really true. When things slow down, we're going to have, I think we could have a good discussion on P.J. Walker if he's a possibility for the Broncos. Sure, and Andre could do a film room and all that <laughs> I, fun stuff. Not today, P.J. I would say this, P.J. Walker in the XFL, I would put him above Mo, I would put him above almost every third-team quarterback in the NFL right now and in the realm of second-team quarterbacks. Is this so, kind of like when Paxton Lynch was the best back no, in the league? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so said who? <laughs> you know. Escapes my mind. Yeah. From Locke the Casbah, I've never had the most intimate familiarity with the cap, but how is it the Raiders were able to get seven guys, including decent-sized contracts, and could entertain signing Chris too, but we're tapped out after the three big. Si- but we are tapped out after the three big signings, so they just have a lot more cap space than we did. They came into the off season with a lot more cap space. This is because they got rid of Khalil Mack and Amari mm, Cooper. Yeah. You know, you're still seeing the effects of getting those off the books. Also, when I became a subscriber, I remember seeing the code for the DNVR shirt, but I didn't get my shirt then or write it down, and I can't for the life of me find it. Where and how would I find it again? Well, luckily, we have a great group of customer service. I'm not going to call them representatives, but that's what other places <laughs> call them. Our customer service is awesome. All you got to do is email info at thednvr.com or merch at thednvr.com. Tell them what happened. They'll make sure that your other code hasn't been used, and then they'll send you a new one. Albino Reno says, guys, do you think the Jano move was out of respect for him? Maybe moving him somewhere, he will actually start and be productive? After all the trades, what what picks are left? And what is our cap sitting at right now? I'm fortunate enough to be still be working. My heart goes out to all those affected and to Zach and his family. Stay positive and cheers. Thank you so much, Albino Reno. And also, I appreciate you changing your name for me. It's a great name. Uh, I, I maybe there's a touch of that, a little bit of respect for Jano. I'm sure they talked to him and said, "Hey, man, I, I don't know if we're gonna have a role for you here. What do you, you know, right. what do you want us to do?" Right, exactly. I hope they did at least. I, sh- I shouldn't say I, I know they did or whatever I said. I think they did. Uh, from Illini Bronco fifty eight. Hey guys, I was wondering what your thoughts might be on the addition at the running back position. Oh, I've got thoughts. I've been intrigued by the possible addition of Melvin Gordon. Me too. <laughs> Obviously, the injury history is different between the two, but it would be possible to swing a deal for the Falcon, uh, similar to the Falcons, to a one-year prove-it deal. Well, didn't do that. Um, Melvin Gordon also doesn't have an arthritic knee. Yeah, he's not really in in a prove. He's proved it to the tune of eight million, I would say. Right. 
Yes, I agree with that. Also, in answering my question yesterday, RK mentioned the offense still needing to add more speed to the roster, specifically at the wide receiver position. With its seemingly a surety that we're going to take a wide receiver in round one, who is your preference at the position? What is the most draft capital you'd be willing to ensure you get your guy? Thanks. This is interesting because things have changed since the last time we've talked about this question. Uh-huh. And if they were able to get Jason Peters on a one-year prove-it deal, I would be in team trade-up for a wide receiver for the first time. Okay. Um, and I'd be willing to go high. Now, not crazy high. I, I, I'd be willing to go as high as you can get without giving up a first. So you give up. first. Okay, what about give up uh, your second this year and one of your three-thirds? Yeah, I would do that to get up. What? How high is that getting me? Uh, it's yeah it's getting you there at least uh i'm in if you get jason peters and so you have one final need another wide receiver and you can get jerry judy i'm all in okay let's say there's no jason peters though because let, let's just say the spending is done then i you still have uh multiple holes that i think you need to sit back and hold on to your draft capital i would be willing man if jerry judy or henry ruggs is there uh, at the end of the top 10 I don't want to give up a second round pick, but gosh, if a team said give me all of your thirds, I may do it. All I'd definitely be willing to do two thirds. Definitely easy. For even without um a left tackle? Yep. Okay. Because I'd be keeping my second round pick. Yep. So that's what it would be is trading all of my thirds, which I'm not happy with, but all of my thirds and my first to get my wide receiver and then the second you get an offensive lineman, specifically a tackle. Yep. I would do it. Mace, what's I'm the most not, you'd be willing to give up? To trade up? Yep. I'm not giving up the second round pick. Okay. All, all of your thirds? Two of my thirds, not all three of them. All right. So that's how it goes. Ryan's willing to give up just a little bit more than me, and I'm willing to give up a little bit more than Mace. I'll give you guys the pre-screening here before it hits social. How does that look to you? Mm, yep, that'll do. Mm. That'll do. Stealing oh. Chris's 25, and Chris will be stealing oh. his 25. Looks good on him. That's awesome. Yep, and that little preview of what Melvin Gordon's going to look like if, in orange and blue. If you want to see what Melvin Gordon looks like in orange and blue, head over to the at DNVR underscore Broncos on Twitter. I just posted our edit from the great D-Line Co. I can't can't wait to, to give that an RT. Bronco Terp, Terp chiming in says, Long time since my last post, but it's good to be back. We're happy to have you back. Can't always listen same day on the, out on the East Coast and often miss the window to comment. Long story cut short. Wife and new baby were in a car accident a week before Christmas. Wife banged up. Baby with a broken leg. Ever changed a diaper on a two-month-old with a broken leg? Not fun. We're now coming out of that with the crazy period and now the COVID-19 craziness. Been a rough year, and I'm thankful to podcasts like yours who keep me sane on rough days. Many more to come for sure. Oh, my gosh. I'm so, so sorry to oh, hear yeah. that, Bronco Terp. Our, our, our thoughts and, and hearts are, are with you and your family. I really hope your baby and wife are, are okay and you guys stay safe out there. Yeah, please do. He goes on and says, As for football, love the moves made thus far. With the market down for Harris and so much uncertainty, who do you believe is likely is the likelihood Wolf or Harris to take a team-friendly deal to stay? I didn't think it was high before the Casey trade, even less after just holding out hope, I guess. Keep up the great work. Always listening. 
probably much less of a chance now than there was before <laughs> yeah. we started yep. this podcast today because of the Melvin Gordon deal. Yep, I I completely agree. Um, yeah, I and if it were one of those two, it's pretty clear to me that it would be Derek Wolf coming back on a team friendly deal. Uh, but clearly, both of their values are going down. But I do not see Shelby Harris returning at all. No, I think he's moving on. L.A. Bronco thirty. Hey guys, I wanted to stop by and say thank you. I work in the travel industry and have been affected by the virus paranoia since before most people heard about it. Starting Monday, I will be working at home. I am grateful to still have a job, however. With the communication required, it will be so much more difficult. However, thanks to everyone at DNVR, I will have plenty of content to read and watch at home. Instead of looking at it in the bottom corner of my monitor and looking over my shoulder like it's NSFW or something, I will have Andre's film room fully on display. NFL Game Pass for free will also be a great background to working. For me, the phrase trying times is becoming equal to no offense or I'm not racist and then proceeding to say something offensive or racist. At least 10 times a day, I get yelled at by a client because they can't go on their vacation. They treat me like I created the virus and shot it into their veins. They end it, then end it with, thank you for being patient. These are trying times for everyone and we need to work together. And then I think, why were you just yelling at me? A note to everyone in normal circumstances and in, quote, these trying times, unquote. If you want good customer service, be a good customer. Keep up the good work. I am baffled as well by the Chris Harris Jr. turn of events. I was happy to hear such positive talk about Kyle Orton on the last pod. He is the first jersey I bought along with Champ Bailey. I was a Bronco fan since the 90s, but living in Oregon could rarely see a game. Then, when I got to college, I got a Sunday ticket for two years for free, and Orton was the QB then. So I have been all in since then, and I increased my fandom and knowledge ever since. Keep up the great work. Well put. a hundred percent, all that <laughs> from Johnny That's Denver. Awesome. Yes, good stuff from Johnny Denver. Hey guys, I'm a huge Broncos fan, originally from Colorado, now living in Arkansas. This is my first time commenting, and all I have to say is you guys are the best. I appreciate listening to the pod every day, hearing all your insights to the Broncos, food, movies. Sorry, I was getting a call, uh, and life in general. Ultimately, I love being a part of the DNVR family. Without any live sports for the foreseeable future, I can I recommend anyone watching ESPN 8, The Ocho, <laughs> this Sunday morning airing all day on, e- on ESPN 2. Have you ever watched when they do the Ocho marathon? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's so good. They should just rebrand as The Ocho for the length of this crisis. God, that would be pretty fun. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, they should. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that... Nah. I think they're doing it the right way, yeah. but they should buy acquire the rights to Slam Ball while they're at this. Mm. Re-air old Slam Ball. Go get old arena football games from 25 years ago. I'm trying to remember what the name of the channel that that used to be on was. TNN. Yes. Spike TV. Yes. It, it went from the Nashville network to the national network, and then it went to Spike, right? Right. Yeah. TNN. I think you're right on yes. that. All right, anyways, he says, specifically at 8.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, check out the 2007 World Sport Stacking Championships. Not sure if you've ever heard of stack sport stacking, also known as cup stacking. Oh, of course, I've participated. Mm-hmm. But it's a sport where you stack specifically designed cups into a predetermined sequence at lightning speed. In 2007, I was a junior in high school and had the opportunity to stack for Team USA oh at the World gosh. Championships. No way, dude. It was awesome experience, even though we lost to Team Germany in the finals. No spoilers. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. We ended up taking the title back the following year. No spoilers. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and we were declared world champions. <laughs> Thanks again for all you guys do, and go Broncos. P.S. I got married last fall in Estes Park, and of course we got a keg of Breck Brew for the reception. Hey, it was hey, a party. That's that awesome. Is, that, that's an awesome story, man. I bet you're whew, pretty fast. How come cups. they don't do keg stacking? <laughs> oh, oh, man, God. that'd be something. <laughs> I don't know, but cup stacking is amazing. We used to have a set and just kind of played it as like not like a drinking game, but a game to play after <laughs> drinking. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because the more you drink, the slower you get. Oh, yes. <laughs> and the more mistakes you make. But you probably think you're faster. Johnny, you got to send us a video. of. Oh, yeah. Uh, see if you still got it. Oh, yeah. Next one coming in from Dan. Hashtag trade up for rugs. Burke. Honestly, the best thing for for Jameis might be a take a backup gig in Pittsburgh and then take over from Big Ben when he retires. Kind of like Mace gave a, a shout out to you earlier on this. To me, they're pretty similar players too. Not really mobile, but have great pocket presence and both have questionable off-field decision-making, putting it lightly on both accounts. Do you all know what the holdup could be with the Mukamara? We know the Broncos were interested in Kevin Johnson. He just signed a three and a half, one year million or deal with the Browns. I'm guessing the Broncos value Prince in that same sort of range. They'd like to get him for that. And I think maybe that's what they're waiting on and why he's lingered on the market instead of getting him for six, maybe you get him for three or four. Yep. Exactly. And then he goes on and says, also, Mace, is there any part of you that's going to miss Jameis? It's probably different from my point of view than being a fan of theirs. But Bucks games last year were some of the most entertaining in the entire league. They still, they'll still be must-watch TV with Brady, but it's a different kind of entertainment now. You know, they've had teams that missed the playoffs but were entertaining. They've missed the postseason for 12 consecutive years now. I would take boring as hell if they got back to the playoffs. <laughs> well, you may be getting that. Okay. I don't like boring. We'll <laughs> no, you, here's the thing. You, can, you, can, you can't be bad and boring. And unfortunately, that's part, been part of the Broncos' problem the last three years. There's been some bad, boring stretches. If you're bad but entertaining, that's fine. Like the if Bucks last year. Yeah. If you're boring but you win and go to the playoffs – that's fine because you're a good team. Yeah, that's Broncos 2015. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, Next one is LDJ. Yep. From LDJ. Guys, I have to give you a shout-out on Twitter today because before I found the DNVR podcast, I'd have to search for Denver local media on the Broncos being in L.A. I love and appreciate what you do, the insight behind the scenes, and the honest opinions. I don't want to say a certain radio station is trash per se, I'll just say you guys are so good that they just can't stack up. So with that being said, I'm asking you in Broncos country, which would you rather have Darius Slade, Jack Conklin and DJ reader for a third, fourth and 48 million of cap space or Justin Simmons, AJ Boye, Graham Glasgow, Bosby Purcell, Jarrell Casey, Jeff Driscoll for 44.3 and a fourth and a seventh. The point is made. Yes. Yep. Well I mean, what are we complaining about? Oh my God. Thanks for all you do, giving me peace in the storm. L.A. is on lockdown, and I'm out of work until April 20th. I appreciate oh, the escape you give because I'm probably going to have to do a crappy job in the interim, which sucks. But I love what Elway's done and the pod. Well, mm-hmm. you're not alone in uh, the struggle right now. I think a lot of people are, are scrambling, trying to figure out what to do. So, LDJ, we got your back. Yeah, so, so sorry to hear that, but we're always – here for you, and you're making a really good point. And that reminds me, if any of you guys really don't like the Melvin Gordon signing, hit us up in the comments. Tell us mm-hmm. why you don't like it, uh, because I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter don't like it. But uh, I want to hear from you know 
educated football fans like you guys on, on why you don't like it if you don't. Totally. Last last one coming in here from Low Country Bronco. Melvin. No, we still got one no, more. We, from got, Sir, uh, we, have oh, we have Rocky 21 and we have Sir James Radio. From Sir James Radio. Hey, guys, haven't had the chance to comment in a few days. Things have been a little hectic here in California. Thank you guys for keeping me sane during all of this. I do private security and we're getting pretty taxed by everything. Also, a big thank you to the first responders, nurses, doctors, etc., who are listening for being such badasses during this time. Y'all the true MVPs. Couldn't Amen. agree more. Yep. Now, Mace, if you could quit hating on the swoosh, that'd be great. <laughs> I love my swoosh. However, I agree with the logo statements. The old D logo is what made me a fan in the first place. When I was young, I loved the horsey in it. Then the winning started, and I was stuck. The swoosh is just such a big clunky element, though. I, it's not a, I don't like calling it a swoosh because the swoosh is a perfect logo, and this is a bastardized version of the swoosh. <laughs> the Nike swoosh on the shoe, it's fine. I just don't like it. To, it's, it's basically it's too obtrusive. And we've seen uniforms the last four or five years. They've become a little bit sleeker. The Bucks is an exception. But, like, the Vikings simplified their uniform. The Dolphins, although I hate the logo, they simplified their uniform. Right. The Bucks, according to the Uniwax leak, they're simplifying their uniform. Yep. Yep. So All right, simplifying Mason. streamline. Let's see if we can get this name right together. You ready? Open nope. your Okay. Well, no. Open Oh no, we skipped what? one. We skipped Rocky. No, we didn't. Rocky twenty one. That's the one above Sir James Radio as I'm looking at it on here. Not oh, Rocky me. 21 says, I have a suggestion yeah. for a short segment that could be run on the pod. You guys could do a Where Are They Now with prominent players from years past that have faded from relevance. Other commenters can also suggest players to be featured. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, it's a no. great thing in, in the next, uh, maybe right after the draft when we still need things mm. to talk about. That's weird that that's not on my page. Yeah, it, and I had some weird things. That I thought the other one was last one. <laughs> yeah. So, Mace, ready? Let's go. Open your... <laughs> That's, we're doing that once not every time all right <laughs> says melvin gordon this is a huge upgrade in my opinion if we can draft someone so, some solid wide receivers in the draft they're giving Locke every chance to light it up and succeed this year thanks again for all your content couldn't agree more and finally low country bronco melvin gordon i'm sorry but we are killing it in free agency right now if we draft a tackle on a top receiver dot 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 Low Country Bronco is feeling great right now. Hashtag Corona can't get me down. It can't get any of us down right now because we are living in a, a world in which the Broncos have gotten a lot better this offseason, and that's exciting for all of us. And, and living in a world in which we're seeing almost nobody face-to-face. -face. And we are out. A of handful the, of people, that's it. We're out of the world of suck, Yeah, in my opinion. Yep, I think uh, so. And if you need to get out of the world of suck hit up davidson's they've got two locations in centennial and highlands ranch they're locally owned and have a massive selection so you can carry your personal favorite breckenridge brews or they'll just deliver them right to your door use the davidson's app and order your liquor get it sent right to your door might i recommend a 15 can sampler pack from breck brew whatever it is davidson's has you covered i went in the other day it's massive they're so helpful great selection so check out davidson's and tag us when you get that delivery and, and tag them as well but for now that's going to wrap it up for us today i'm sure we'll have plenty more about melvin gordon to talk about tomorrow as we get more information on all of this stuff and that's our first two-hour podcast in a while so you know it was good we'll talk to you guys soon I could.